0: From the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, here's what's new today.
1: Now we're back in here. <laughs> so I've been gone, but never left. Always dream but never slept. Some of y'all thought I was dead, but I'm more alive than I have ever been. Yeah. I actually used to hate my voice. As far as getting up in front of people, uh, I didn't realize like how powerful it could be. I didn't realize how u- useful it could be. Like I'm not like a real you know, hey, look at me type person. Um so It never was like a thing where I'm like, oh man, I just want to get up in front of people because I want to be the center of attention. It was more of a thing where once I did get on stage and perform, I felt free. Hey there, I'm Scott Yates,
0: multimedia journalist with the Rockford Register Star. And that's my guest today, Zen Kingsley. He's a Rockford-based photographer. A spoken word poet, a musician, and a writer. You've heard his voice at poetry readings and as a vocalist with the Antitones, a jazz fusion band in Rockford. You've seen his photos at Art Scene and other one off shows around the city. And now you get to hear me geek out about the craft of photography with Zen. He's such a good storyteller, and we dive deep behind the lines of artistic expression. So this podcast will reward you, listeners, who stay with us till the end. Let's drop in on our conversation now. Your, your public persona is Zen Kingsley, spelled with an X. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm getting somewhere with this, so bear with me for a all sec. Right, all right. The word Zen means uh, ideas like self-control, meditation, insight to the nature of things. That's just a simple Wikipedia definition of the word Zen. And as I've gotten to know you slowly over the last year or so, since we've been traveling in the same creative circles, I find that Zen is a very apt name for you. Is that intentional?
1: So, uh, Zen is not my government or given name. However, in many settings that I've introduced myself as such, uh, mostly women respond with, is that the name your mama gave you? And... Technically, yes. Um, so a lot of times when I say the name, people do automatically assume it's spelled with a Z and associate it with the definition you just gave. Um, whereas the spelling with the X comes from Xenos, which is Greek, which means strange, different, foreign, or alien. And my mother used to always tell me when I was a kid, boy, you from somewhere else. You're not from here. And, uh, you know, implying that I was some type of alien. And so that is kinda how I got the name. Um and the whole Kingsley thing is uh when I first logged on to signed on to Facebook, it would not allow me to use just Zen. It wouldn't allow me to use the combination of Zen and my actual last name. Um and let's back up and clarify. Do you mind
0: sharing your government name with you us? You know
1: what, at this point in life, uh not known to many people. I don't go out of my way to try to create and maintain this air of mystery. I'm just being myself. And uh, me and my mother have actually had this conversation many times where uh, she actually asked me if I would want to change my name legally because she says she doesn't think that the name she gave me fits me and doesn't think that it's fit for a long time. But my actual name is Richard Moore. Um, The... When I, got, when I first got onto Facebook, I had no intentions of ma- actually making use of the platform further than finding a few friends and, you know, being done with it. So kind of not wanting to get into the mix of that, I started off by using my government name backwards. And when I moved to New York, um, I was, you know, finding myself um, with a, a lot of potential opportunities. And at that time... Facebook was the main platform for communication and networking. So people would say they couldn't find me on there um, because they couldn't spell my name backwards or they would misspell it and they couldn't find me. And So I was missing opportunities. I was missing money. So I'm like, I got to change this. So um, I was Ving Rhymes for a while, which was just funny. Um, And then uh, Zen Kingsley is just a play on Ben Kingsley's name. So, you know, Zen is the name. But the, the Kingsley part is just something I threw on there because Facebook said I had to have a last name. So it's funny to me, over the years, people introducing me publicly or introducing me in like very formal situations as these monikers that exist on social media. Um, I was actually introduced to a couple of big name Rappers as Ving Rhymes one time. I'm like, dude, that's not my name, man. That's that's not me. That's not even your fake name. That. Oh uh, yeah, by now. nah. But it's it's just funny how like you know. I, I mean, I've caught myself doing that. Meeting someone and then like thinking like, you know, I really don't know this person's name. And it's like, oh, this is a uh, screenshot seven three five three. You know, dash whatever. Like you know, people got these crazy names, and some of them are like so far away from who they are. Um, some of them, it's obvious that it's whatever the system generated for what was uh, available, <laughs> and they just left it that way. Um,
0: so you have been growing up as Richard Moore for, I would assume, most of your life? Uh, mostly, yeah. And as you grow up, identifying and creating a, a human being mm-hmm. called Richard Moore, and then in your later in your adult life, you start uh, to get... More known in the area, you start to create a brand. Eventually, that forms around the brand name Zen Kingsley. How do you feel about being identified more with the personality that you create versus the one that you
1: were born with? Um, honestly, I think that the personality that people associate with—I mean, I, well, first off, I, I don't think there's a difference. I'm the same on every platform and every instance and every. You know, scenario, um, I think that how we are identified is based on what we project and then how it is perceived. So, you know, the perception of my actual personality and then the association, I mean, excuse me, it wouldn't matter what people called me, I'm the same person.
0: I wanted wanted to get behind the idea of you having a public and a private persona. Everybody does that. Whatever we present as a mask to society is inevitably different than what's going on inside our hearts and minds. You have grown up your entire life as uh, most of your life going by your government name, Richard Moore. Mm -hmm. However, lately, later in life, you're becoming more well known as Zen Kingsley and you are a, a very genuine person and you're not going to act any different depending on who depending on how people address you and one of our great writers of our time William Shakespeare has said so eloquently a rose by any name would smell as sweet
1: just because we already we already refer to social media Uh, I think that's a good uh, reference point. Uh, The internet is this beautiful yet ugly place where people get to either pretend to be someone else or to be themselves in the entirety of of just presenting every facet. Um, To the best of my ability, I try to make use of those platforms in order to do that. So conversations I wouldn't normally get to have, things I wouldn't normally get to express, I use those platforms in order to do that um, in a way that's relatable, uh, in a a way that, you know, I can only hope is, you know, thought-provoking. And I think sometimes because of how things are set up to give everyone a platform to say, look at me or, you know, hear my voice, um, we get so caught up in that that we don't realize the importance and power of anonymity sometimes. And so um, I think part of having a different moniker doesn't necessarily mean creating a different personality, um, it means changing or, or altering something so that it's, the distracting parts of it are not so familiar, that people are not receptive to it, if that makes sense. Your social media tends to be a portfolio
0: of introspective explorations of the human soul. And you write short snippets. uh, I'm thinking of your Facebook feed now. You write short snippets that prompt the reader to think and to ask questions. And the result is a feeling that you are daring the reader to respond to you. Are you driven to cut through that superficial, static,
1: that fills the interwebs with your prompts? I mean, I'm pretty much human like everyone else. Uh, I think that we are all entitled to how we feel, but we are also always and should be charged for how we express that. And I think sometimes having being afforded certain uh, channels, as you said, and and platforms to express ourselves, you know, some people are... um, believe that there's just no rules, there's no consequences, that people are led to believe that the internet and quote-unquote real life are two different places when if I can say something here in front of you, you know, that can incite, you know, an emotional or a response of any kind the same way as me typing something on a keyboard and posting it, then it's very real. It's just as real. Nothing is less real. And, um... I think that there's many different approaches to interacting um, to, as you say, challenge, you know, challenge that. Um. It, you, you mentioned the phrase,
0: your many expressions, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the many ways that you express who you are. One of those is through your spoken word poetry and you perform as a vocalist in the Rockford Jazz fusion band, The Antitones. Do you like getting up in front of crowds, or are you a naturally shy guy?
1: Oh, man, this is funny, and I'm sure there's going to be someone who's going to hear this and, and think that I'm full of it, but um, I would safely say that I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. Um, I've always been very shy, very... Um, you know, very much kept to myself. Uh, like when I was younger, when I was in school, I wouldn't say I had a lot of friends. I just, a lot of people just knew who I was. Uh, kept to myself. I would write and draw and be quiet. Um, when you, I was, you're a tall fella, so it's hard for you to physically disappear in a crowd. Is that part of it? Uh, you know what? As I've, as I've gotten more into photography, I've actually been told by many people that they don't know how I do it, but uh, I'm I'm pretty incognito, uh, you know. So so people will will say that they oh I didn't realize you were even here, or how'd you get that shot? Uh, but no, I wasn't even always tall. I actually had a conversation with this about uh, uh about this with one of my buddies at work uh, last night, uh, and he couldn't believe it. I was like, I told him I was I think I was five seven. Maybe five eight when I graduated high school, and I'm six five now. I grew very late. Um, so there's hope for me yet. I'm yeah, five yeah, foot yeah. five right now. You still got and some time, bro. Thirty four years old. You know, just Can don't I still hit my growth. Don't or don't don't the the whole myth about drinking milk though. It's just it's not true, man. Don't drink milk. Um, that's bad. <laughs> 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 nah, but uh, no, I, I um, I was always. Very shy. I, I I love to sing. I used to sing in the choir at church. I would uh audition for musicals for school. I would get the parts but be too shy to actually do it. So I just kinda would audition for nothing, pretty much. Uh and end up doing like stage hand or design stuff, uh, for, for the uh T shirts or something. Uh then um I got older, um and just an outlet for me was writing. It's always been.
0: So, what is it about the medium of voice and words and
1: performance that excites you, man? Um, I think that most people that are good at something, um, I, I don't. I don't think most of us ever actually know that initially, and I don't think any great person and I'm not that's not me saying oh I'm great I mean there are people who I feel you know I've been I've been blessed enough for people to think that I'm great at something just as well as I know that there are people who think that you're great at something I I definitely think you are are great at what you do Uh, but I think that um, most of us who are humble most of us who are striving for constant growth we never actually fully believe that and I think that's kind of part of the continued growth. I think once you start to believe that, it kind of fizzles out maybe. But, you know... uh,
0: I could not agree with you anymore. One of my driving forces to just try to maintain the status quo is an overarching, aching feeling that I'm still not doing enough. And that's one of my biggest motivators and one of my biggest curses. Because at the same time, I feel... I feel motivated to mm-hmm. keep on going and to always make the next day better than the previous one. But at the same time, I also never feel good enough, and that's a battle
1: of the psyche going oh, on. Man, um, I actually used to hate my voice. Um, as far as getting up in front of people, uh, I didn't realize like how powerful it could be. I didn't realize how u- useful it could be. Like, I'm not like a real you know, hey, look at me type person. Um, so it never was like a thing where I'm like, oh, man, I just want to get up in front of people because I want to be the center of attention. It was more of a thing where once I did get on stage and perform, I felt free. And actually, it wasn't until later that I could even see the people out in the audience or like even think about them. Um when I was in college, uh, my, my old roommate, and my very, very good friend and brother, uh, Henry McDavid, uh, him and his wife just actually opened a beauty supply store uh, on, on Main Street. Um, congratulations to them. Um, really proud proud of him, man. Um, beauty, we, su- beauty
0: supply store and salon, too, yes, right? Yes yes, 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 yes. I was actually there right before their grand opening. There's a, a nice couple out there. Doing oh, good work it, in the neighborhood.
1: Oh yeah, um, we used to uh, we used to do an open mic. Uh, we actually we we were part of a group that started um, a hip hop open mic at the House Cafe in DeKalb. And one of the nights we had open mic, it uh, was one of the first times that I got up and performed, and I had this uh, this piece I wrote called "Taking Her Back," and I was sick for two days, chills, fever, like I thought, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna die, you know? And I believe in this, this might sound weird and crazy and strange to some people, but I think that, you know, either when we are in tune with the universe or the things that are going on around us, you know, we can fall right in line with things, or if we aren't, you know, things can happen that can put us back in, you know, alignment. Mm And, um, you know, just like when a woman is pregnant with a child, she goes through all these different things in order to get to that point where the child gets here. You know, and and a lot of it is very tumultuous. It's very, you know, it's very difficult. And uh, it still happens to me sometimes. When I get certain ideas, I'll I'll get sick or I'll feel, you know, I'll I'll feel certain things. And so, literally, um, when I finished the last line of this particular piece I felt absolutely fine my fever was gone the chills were gone I didn't feel sick anymore and even then I didn't think I didn't make the association I didn't think it was important but I got up and I read this, this, uh, this spoken word and it was a story about um, it was a, a male slave telling his story of all the things that happened to him during this time period and explaining to his woman, you know, this female slave, why, you know, that, you know, explaining to her, hey, I didn't leave you. You know, I was taken away and all these things happened, but I'm coming back to get you. And so I read this and Henry was sitting, you know, he was sitting at the table where I was at. And this woman came and asked if someone was sitting there, which was my seat. And he said, no, 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 he's upstairs, He's on stage. You can you can sit there. And she was gone before I got back to my seat. But he told me, he said, bro, you read that, man. And this woman started to cry. And she looked at me and she said, I've been waiting to hear this my whole life. And that was the moment for me that I was just like, and I thought about that. I thought about that deeply for like a whole week and a half. Like, man, you know, you can say things and and. It, and, and and it can make people feel that way. It can make people feel, you know, it can, it can fill a, a, an emptiness. It can fill a void. It can, it can create a dialogue where two people who wouldn't have understood each other or actually had a conversation before have a conversation. Um, I think that, um, you know, language and, uh, you know, just I always thought that art and English were the best um, platforms uh, as far as like anything that could be on a, on a curriculum for learning, because they're both such broad horizons for being able to teach anything. Um, if I ever go back to school and finish school, uh, that that was what I was going to school for was to teach art and English. I just never, uh, yeah, I got married, and that's that's another podcast. That's another podcast. But great, um, great. we'll have you back to tell that
0: story. One reason I'm doing this podcast is to meet the artists making Rockford a more beautiful place. And I'm fascinated about what goes, behind, what goes on behind these artists' eyeballs and in their brain space to, to motivate them to do what they do. And I think you've touched on something very important, and that's listening to your body. You uh, tend, to, tend to feel something very physical when you're in the act of making something really important. And I've learned to do that as well. If there's a secret to my work, it's following the butterflies in my belly. Yeah. When I'm going out on assignment and I start to feel butterflies nervous and my palms getting sweaty, I know that that's a foretelling of something magical about to happen. Let me transition to my next chapter of questioning the, uh, the artist here, Zen okay. Kingsley. This is my favorite part of the interview. I am a huge fan of your photography. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you. As a photographer myself, I know the hard work and dedication that goes on to make compelling imagery, and you certainly do it. Uh, your work is branded as Renaissance Photography. I see most of your public work as urban landscapes in which young cool, fashionable, active men and women interact with that landscape. And by that description, my first instinct would be to picture that scene in harsh light, bright colors, and chaotic action scenes, kind of the cliche urban landscape. But you don't do that. You capture soft, rounded light, the kind that Mother Nature would give us right before dawn or right after sunset and you capture that shallow depth of field where only just a sliver of the scene is in focus and you edit with colors in low contrast and elevate the dark tones uh, as if you're using a light gingham filter in Instagram (laughs) for for our non uh, photography listeners out there Uh, that's um, hopefully that elicits a a picture in your mind of uh, Zen's uh, photography work here. Do you really see the world as a soft and fuzzy place as your
1: photos depict? Um, No, not at all. Um, I think that kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the interview about expressing different facets. I think that we get so caught up in how things should be or what they should look like or how they should sound. People concentrate so much on creating something based on an archetype or a label. So as if if I'm going to say, all right, I'm, I'm a street photographer. I have to take these kinds of shots and I have to have this shot that has, you know, all right, I need a shot of a homeless person. I got to have this dude with a gun. All right, we need a stack of money here and it, it has to look this specific way, but there's so many things that 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 can envelop. Like, you know, I, I participate in art scene, and I have for uh, like what the last what three years. And I had had my work set up. Um, I was at the innovatech building this last time, and I had some you know some individuals come in and refer to some of my work as street photography and i found myself offended because it was not street photography and what prompted them to describe it as such was because there were black people in the work and so it it made me it, it frustrated me that the association or and when people make use of words like urban or street uh, the association is 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 oftentimes based on on something stereotypical or, or very shallow, um, and so and these are metaphorically
0: shallow, shallow and stereotypical things. I, I mentioned that your work. Involves shallow
1: depth of field, which no, is no, an no, aesthetic
0: no. piece, and just I, for no, our listeners, no, that's entirely
1: I, different meaning. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. I, I didn't. I didn't take any offense to any in, to anything you described. Well, hof- um,
0: hopefully, our listeners
1: are learning a little something about the craft and yes, technical yes.
0: aspects of um, of some of the, these creative uh, endeavors that we talk about on this podcast.
1: Yeah. Continue with your story there. Um, I mean, just like just like anything else, man. Like um, we get to. We get to choose. It's not that's something I can't emphasize enough to not just every artist but every person. We have a choice in how we express ourselves. We have a choice in how we present things based on how we see them. And so, you know, I I love photography. I love the idea and the concept of photography because it is an opportunity to give the rest of the world a view you through your eyes you photograph mainly subjects
0: alone in the frame even when we can tell that they're in a busy crowd and as a result your photographs kind of highlight the solitude of an individual and i want to point out that that you're you're not photographing loneliness you're photographing aloneness so at the risk of sounding really corny, you put the zen in zen <laughs> photography. photography. Uh, what can you say differently through a photograph that you can't express through a spoken word performance?
1: You know, if I give you words, you have these words and you, you, you intake, you process, you interpret. Whereas with an image, you know, I'm not giving you anything to go on other than what you see. And then from there... You know, you can it could be a photograph of a man sitting on a on a bench with a book. You don't know what what is the book about? You know, who is he waiting for someone? Did he just get there? Is he about to leave? Is Forrest Gump about to come sit down next to him? You just don't know, you know, and, and that's like the beauty of it, because you kind of get to choose your own adventure. And then sometimes it can be so obvious and so blatant that you know exactly what it is. And then you just have to think about, well, how does this make me feel? So, we're coming off the heels of
0: our first ever mural festival in Rockford, and we're heading into what one of my wonderful previous guests calls the Summer of Art. When you see all the activity going on in the city right now, what is that? How does that make you feel about the future of art in
1: Rockford? Okay. So, sometimes. I say things that people don't always agree with. But it doesn't stop me from saying those things. And I've learned that you have to say what you think and how you feel. Um, I have always thought that Rockford has had culture, but has not always been cultured. So there's always been this room for potential. Um, I, I think there's always been the potential for the things that are happening now. But the process has always seemed to be motivated by the wrong things. So you know you know some people think gentrification is a, a good thing. some people think it's a bad thing. I uh, think it usually and mostly holds a negative connotation and can apply to more than property um, or the value of, of, of uh, you know area you know, pretty much anything could be gentrified. I mean, we just saw over the last 20 years, hip-hop has definitely been gentrified. Um, I think we're in a a good place that could also be dangerous if it's not executed uh, properly. Um, And with that, I mean, the appropriation of of art, um, the artist being used uh, or allow themselves to be used in a way that turns everything into a gimmick and then the respect and the love and the authenticity of the art dissolving and then we just find ourselves back in the same place where either people are struggling or they're frustrated because it wasn't about the love for art it was about you know uh an organization, or an individual, or a group of individuals, um, basically finding a, a, another thing to pimp, if you will. So, I want
0: to take us out of this interview by trolling your Instagram account. One, <laughs> one thing I really love Which to one? do with my guests <laughs> is to troll their uh, their Instagram account to find something that's really captivating and interesting, and just get your particular take on it. And so I've got uh, my cheat sheet here. First of all, uh, you can be found at Zentastic. Your Instagram is a cornucopia of personalities. Like mine, you use the platform to show off your photographic artwork as opposed to it being just a vehicle for selfies. So scrolling down your feed, I couldn't pick just one image that I like the most because I'm just a huge fan of pretty much everything that you man, click. Man, <laughs> again, I, I
1: appreciate that, man. Uh, so
0: I picked just uh, so I picked one that technically and spiritually fit the idea of your aesthetic in my mind. Okay, I found this one post from May 28th, 2018, almost a year ago from this recording. And it is simply called Ignition. It pictures a man alone and hunched over, lighting a cigarette in a darkened room or an alleyway. Not clear exactly where this is taking place. But much like your namesake, Zen, he is, he, he's lighting a cigarette, but he is going through the motions just like praying. His head is bowed and his hands are together in the act of lighting a cigarette. Ah, uh, I remember that night. Its muted color palette is just busting with beautiful reds, greens, yellows, and oranges. So tell me about this photograph that you remember. It's called Ignition.
1: So uh, this photograph is... um was at the B&B Park Bowl in Loves Park. And... We were actually standing outside and having some conversation, and the gentleman in the photograph is uh, probably one of the best drummers I've ever met. Uh, we were bowling, and everybody stepped outside to have a smoke and I have my camera, and I just happened to catch a few shots of them, and that was one that just uh, it just kind of really stuck out to me, and. I just seem to just capture so many different thoughts and emotions um uh, for him as well as for me personally and so I decided to share it. Um
0: what emotion is going through your head now as you see this photograph anew after some time away from it? Um
1: I think about where I was at that time. Um Just some of my, some of the feelings I had at that time versus now, how different they are. In what way? Um, I guess, um, I won't say I was unhappy entirely. I just felt challenged. I mean, I'm always, we're always challenged, but I, I felt challenged in a different way at that time, more of a, in a struggle type of way. Whereas now I feel challenged more positively, more in a more natural and organic way. And I, I do recall like shooting that, that evening and in the course of like that three days being very, a very therapeutic outlet kind of thing for me. Um. so I remember feeling better and I remember at that time having conversations with Clayton the gentleman in the photograph and you know him kind of going through some of his own struggles and like how we're both in a different place now um I think sometimes when you when you take a photograph you can either capture those moments and you capture those feelings and capture those things and it stays there it freezes um and then sometimes you, you're able to pull out something entirely different than what was there, different than what you feel, and capture something entirely, you know, just completely opposite. And to be able to look back at that and feel that, and not have to feel what you felt in that moment. It just, it's just, it just depends, it's different. It's not even like, there's not like a, a formula, or, you know, there's not a thing where it happens the same way every time. And I think that's the cool thing about art. It's that you can feel something different every time. It's like watching a movie and seeing something different every time or it ends differently every time. You can make it that way if you want to. And I think that's dope. We're going to leave it
0: there. My guest today, he goes by Zen Kingsley on most social media platforms, which we'll share in the description here. Thank you so much for joining us in the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star. Thanks for having me.
1: Suicide, it's suicide. Look in the mirror and say to yourself, who is I to be and not to be? I'll let you decide. take your belief, apply the truth or move the lie. If you're criminal minded, then accuse your eye. Trust none of what you hear and half of what you see
0: For more from the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, go online at
1: rrstar.com.